my God, Becky, look at her butt. Welcome to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio show. Tonight, we are going to be talking with April Riegert. She is, she's a really good friend of mine. We go back a few years. Um, April was, was introduced to me when I first launched my business uh, back in January of 2012. And it's just been, it's been a really great journey with April. She's taught me so many different things. Um, really, her knowledge about nutrition is just incredible. I could listen to her talk for forever. So we actually may end up doing a second part to this interview because I just think that she has so, so much to talk about. Um, so Right now, I want to go ahead and introduce April. Um, she has just a really interesting background. So I'm going to go ahead and give her the opportunity to share that whole entire background briefly with you all and then her side of how she was introduced to me. So welcome, April. Thank you. Hi. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and start with how you were introduced to me. Actually, no, start a little bit further back and then how you how you were introduced to me. Um, well, I'm sorry. No, I'm going to mess you up. You, how far back do you, you want me to just talk about my journey or? Yeah. Um, hold to, on. Oh, okay. I'm just going to tap this. Um, well, like you said, my name's April and I'm a holistic nutritionist. Um, and I wasn't always, but I am now. Um, and let's see, back all the way back in high school, I was a runner. I did track and field. Um, so my I'm a runner now, and that's, so that's been with me for quite a long time. Um, and, you know, I had, like a lot of people, I had a really rough uh, upbringing, a rough start in life. Um, there was abuse, and I in the later part of high school, developed an eating disorder um, and carried that with me through to college. So that was pretty difficult. Um, And the running was on and off. But when I got to school, um, I did have some really great influences. Uh, I went to art school, but I was already starting my health journey then because my first job I took was with... um, a healthy eating, catering type place where I um, learned about healthy cooking and I did a lot of the cooking there. I worked there for several years while I was in college. So the influence of health started then and I was keeping up the running, but while still battling a bit of disordered eating and that kind of just failed me one day. I just passed out. Uh, at work and it was embarrassing and I just thought this is ridiculous I can't be feeling like this all the time and so that's when I really started looking into taking back my health and taking charge of what I was doing instead of wanting to beat myself up so oh thank uh, you so much for sharing that because I find that that a lot of people who come to me for health and nutritional advice, it really, we, a lot of us have that same story. I mean, I have the same story with, uh, not exact same, but there's there's something that starts that. So to let people know they're not alone, and that's really cool that you, you just, you dove deeper into it so that you could figure things out for yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I don't know what strength has happened. I mean, something has allowed me to be strong enough to stop and question myself and just say, you know, this is not working for you. So what's the way forward? And 
for me, it was actually, I remember the instance I passed out and then I was in my uh, house and I had a roommate and she said, look at you, look at what you do. She opened the refrigerator and I had um, perfectly lined up jars of, you know, food like pickles, olives, things like that. They were all lined up perfectly. All the labels were facing forward and they were all rotten. I would wow. buy things and put them in the fridge and line them up, and they were all kept, like, perfect in order, like this OCD order. But then I didn't eat them. They would just rot there. And that kind of just snapped me back into reality, and I thought, I have this great resource. I work in this place where it's all about healthy eating and cooking, so why don't I pay attention? And that's when I really started paying attention to um, what I eat and how eating affects me. Um, and then I was also lucky in college, one of my best friends, um, her whole family was like deeply involved with the macrobiotic community. Her father owned a scene in Philadelphia, um, which is a, a natural food store, uh, macrobiotic based that's been around that since the seventies and her mother cooked and did holistic and macrobiotic cooking classes. And I studied with her too. So that really started me down that path of um, holistic eating and a holistic lifestyle and including yoga in with the running and all that. That is so interesting. I love that you were self-taught before you finally made your way to having a formal certification. So I guess maybe let's go ahead and bridge that gap then. So you you were working in this healthy restaurant and then Mm -hmm. from there you, I know you're very artistic. What did you do after that? I was getting, uh, I went to undergrad and then I went to graduate school and I have a master's degree in fine art. <laughs> and I, I taught um, at Moore College of Art for maybe seven years. Yeah, uh, jewelry making and metalsmithing <laughs> and then some computer classes too. Oh, that's great. I love it. I, I think that I, I end up, I I end up being around people, I guess, kind of like myself, what like attracts like, where you have this diverse background. It's very, you know, nutrition and art. I mean, it is kind of mixed together, but it is, it can seem kind of polar opposites. So, and then, then eventually after that, you ended up going to get your certification. Could you explain more about your certification that you have? Because this is a certification I would love to get myself. Oh, yeah. So, uh, when I got, I got pregnant in, oh gosh, um, 2009, and so I just, I stopped teaching, you know, I wanted to be home with the baby and have time for all that, so, um, but when I was done teaching and at home, I thought, why don't I, I mean, I'm, I got so interested in my pregnancy and, you know, making a healthy baby and how I'm going to keep the baby healthy and all that, and that really, I was just like, this is really my passion. Not that I don't love being, I'm still an artist because that's part of me too, but I thought this is really a passion. I have not been really, I mean, I've been following it, but I haven't made it come to anything. And I thought, I think I'll go to school for nutrition. I started at one school that offered a master of science, which it seemed a little suspicious to me. I didn't think, I wasn't sure if they were accredited. And so I started a semester there and I actually got a lot out of it, but it turns out they weren't an accredited school. And then eventually they went out of business. So I stopped there, but that didn't stop me. Then I found IIN in New York Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And that just, that was amazing. Um, 
because they started an online program. You used to have to go there to New York and do it, but now they have it all online. Um, it's an, and they have conferences then that you can go to if you want at the school, and you have amazing teachers and speakers like Dr. Mark Hyman, um, Dr. Oz was one of the guests, um, just amazing people and leaders in health, like Dr. Andrew Weil was there. You get to just hear and learn from amazing people, so it's really inspiring, um, and it's sort of self-paced. You can do it at home, so I was able to do that while I was home with my son, Bodhi. And I love it. <laughs> really, that's, it's great. It was a great choice for me. That's great. And I, like I said, I mean, it's something I've been interested in. And just from my outside perspective, because I haven't done it yet, my take on it when I explain it to people, I say that it's it's really great because it explains all of the different philosophies behind different nutritional ideas and and different ways. So from veganism to vegetarian to more paleo style. It really covers all of the different options for your nutrition, and which is, is great because it leads me into my next point, which we're going to take a quick break right before, but we're here to talk about how you've had to make some changes to your own personal nutrition. So we're going to get into that discussion in just a second, but we're going to take a quick break. Welcome back. Um, today we're talking with April Rieger. She is a holistic nutritionist, somebody that goes way back with me, uh, well, three years. That's that's a long time, I think. Um, anyway, we have learned so much together, and we really wanted to just get together today and discuss some of the changes that she's had to make in her own personal nutrition um, and even her training. So this is, this is very interesting to me personally because I've made changes over the years to the way that I've eaten. I was a vegetarian for 10 years, and I have to say not really the healthy vegetarian oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so uh, vegetarian for 10 years and I was totally a cardio queen I did nothing but cardio for several years um and it really that wasn't working for me physically after a while so um April, let's go ahead and talk about some of the things that you've learned in your journey, specifically over the past three years. And it's been great to stay connected with you over these years and and listen to some of the changes that you've made. And this is great, too, because it helps you help your clients that are coming to you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been really great. I'm very grateful that I met you, Stephanie. I think you're wonderful inspiration to a lot of people. And I love I've learned a lot from working with you, too. Oh, to go you. back uh, to what you were saying about IAN, just briefly, the greatest thing, the greatest takeaway that I got from IAN is this idea of bio-individuality. Like you were saying, you know, you were vegetarian for 10 years and you did the cardio and all that, and then you had to adapt. It wasn't working for you anymore at some point, and that's, that's the idea behind bio-individuality. And also something I like to stress to clients is that you really, there, there really is no prescription that I can say, you know, people ask me all the time, like, well, so, you know, like, what's the way that I should be eating? Like, what can I do? I don't have a prescription for anybody because everybody's body is different and everything that they, that each person needs is different. And the real, 
the real trick, and this is the hard part, but this is the trick, is to figure out your own body and how to be intuitive and how to listen to yourself and take the time to see what's working for you and what's not working for you. And that's the idea of bioindividuality, and that's what IIN teaches, and that's why they cover vegan, vegetarian, paleo, macrobiotic. They cover all these things, so you can just understand where each theory is coming from, and you can realize that you might have to apply something that you don't personally want to use for yourself, but it might work for a client of yours to try it. You know, it might make sense for them too. Um, no, oh, that's, <laughs> that's really great. And then I love that you do, and we'll cover a little bit more about your coaching services a little bit towards the end, but you do coaching. So if somebody isn't really in tune with what's going on in their body yet, it's great because you offer coaching options that helps them become in tune with their body. So, you know, whatever frequency you guys decide on, you guys are meeting together and you are a, you're a, you're an expert and you're an outside person who knows the questions to ask and to advise your clients on what to watch out for. So I think that's really great that you've had such a, such a, a diverse, um, understanding of the different eating styles and the psycho the psychology that goes behind those. Yeah, it's really valuable. Um, right. So when I came to you, uh, when I met you, it was to sign up for your fit life, one of your fit life challenges, which was great for me because like you, you're saying you were cardio queen. I was a cardio queen, but not because I, I never, I mean, I understood that cardio Endless cardio is really not the key to losing weight. There's plenty of people that, interestingly, I mean, you know I did the Marine Corps Marathon last year. And interestingly, I would say at least half the people running it are a little on the heavy side, a little overweight. And that surprises people. They think, oh, well, if you run all those miles, I mean, you're going to get skinny. Not necessarily. Some people do. I mean, just because of their body type, like all that endless um, you know, running, running, running. So they do get really thin and, and like thinly. And then there are those of us, I fall into this category, who don't particularly lose weight from running. I never um, felt like I got super thin just from running alone. And I did learn um, that I need to be working on my muscle building. And I also learned when I, back when I did my first half marathon years ago, I realized that when I had more strength, I was a better endurance runner. Um, it's just not something I really love to do. I don't love lifting and strength training and all that stuff. So um, that's why I came to you to try to make it more fun for myself. And it, it was. It was more fun. <laughs> oh, yay. Thank you. <laughs> Being in the group environment, having the online support, and then you, you're just charismatic person that's very inspiring supportive so that was really great um turn for me and it really I don't I quit my gym now because it's not convenient for me to go there with my son and schedule um but it's okay I do my strength training at home now I learned that from you I mean your um programs that you gave um so I would learn how you did videos all times so I learned how to do them properly and now I feel confident that I can do my strength at home so that's really great change for me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I love hearing that. Good. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. 
Yeah, so that's that's really interesting. Okay, so you changed. You started doing more strength training, and we had you doing um, high intensity interval training too as part of the program. Um, yeah. So you said that your 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 racing or your run times like got actually better, right, from doing some yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. And then the hit uh, high intensity interval training just really changed everything for me. That really gave me more stamina, and it. You know, well, I don't need to tell you, but so it definitely changes your, um, what is that? The short, uh, the, the muscle fibers that fire quickly. Yeah, your, your fast twitch versus your slow twitch. Because whenever you're right, training right. those high volumes of, of just long distances, that long, slow distance, that is your, um, your, uh, your short, or sorry, your long twitch. Wait, short, fast. Right. <laughs> did I so just I got do? plenty of, plenty of that. <laughs> so I had to work on the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're fast. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's that's really interesting. And then you also told me just recently, so even though you had incorporated some of that kind of training, you still you still love running marathons. So um, I, I really want you to get into um, how you've really learned how to protect your health and how you've had to really protect your um, your your adrenal function, your hormone levels, all of that. So how how have things changed for you in the past year or so? Mm, dramatically. Uh, so a really big consideration um, when you're doing endurance training um, is just staying well. A friend of mine who's an Ironman triathlete, he acts as my personal training coach. Uh, he said to me, the most important thing about running a marathon is getting to the starting line healthy. So you want to not get injured when you're training, and you want to stay well. Because when you're doing all that kind of mileage, I mean, right, my marathon is in a few weeks, so I'm out for four-hour runs every week. And it really just, that takes a real toll on your adrenals, and it, takes a toll on your immune function because of your adrenal function too. So it's really easy to be getting sick when you're doing that kind of, there's this dip after you, and I don't know the science very well enough to explain it behind this, but after you do like a two, three, four hour, five hour run like that, your immune function is depressed and you're just really susceptible to I've heard of that a lot. I've heard of people getting ill after um, after marathons. Uh, it, some people just co- totally assume that it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. I recently, let's see, last month, my boyfriend and I did a um, Spartan race, and it was eight plus miles up and down ski slopes. Took us four Ooh. and a half hours. Honestly, the hardest thing I've ever done. And I mean, I qualified for the 2003 Duathlon World Championships on the Mount Rainier course, which mm-hmm. anybody who's been out west may may recognize Mount Rainier. So, I mean, that was really intense. Those are the kinds of races that I used to do when I was cardio queen. Um, but this one was even more intense than that. By far the hardest thing. And what I thought was really phenomenal was that our recovery was great. We were feeling great that next week and we didn't get sick. So it was, that, was that, a big deal. that was a big deal. I mean, that was like that. Was, you can't even put a medal on that one. Yeah. So that was that was a really, really big deal. So thank you for bringing that point up, because um, I think a lot of people don't realize how important that point is. Um, so what else has changed in your training? What have you implemented to kind of get around um, 
some of the, I mean, just after after years and years of running longer distances, um, how have you gotten around just doing the longer distances? Um, well, I've definitely paid attention to my diet. Um, sleep is really important uh, and really, really scarce right now with a small child. But sleep is just paramount. You you have to be getting enough rest. Your so your adrenal glands, the main purpose of them is to deal with stress. And when in, so when you're constantly putting stress on on them, like by endurance running and a screaming child and having to hurry out in you know of your house in the morning, like this is constant battery of stress that's making you produce cortisol, 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 and you know your adrenals are having to go into overdrive to do this. So they're getting burnt out, so you're getting fatigued. Um, and ways to deal with that are through diet, like making sure um, you're not uh, suffering from, like, insulin spikes, you know, unbalanced blood sugar, um, getting proper sleep. I do do, like, herbal things that are adaptogenic that help you, regu- like, help support your adrenal function, um, like Tulsi which is holy basil, is a really great um, herb for that. It's just known to help. In in herbal medicine, it's known to help support your adrenal function and things like that. Oh, that's great. Um, and can we talk a little bit about coffee, too? Because... I have a little coffee <laughs> coffee addiction myself, but I really watch it because of the last discussion that you and I had about adrenals, <laughs> which I'm going to link to this show because that was good. <laughs> great. Uh, coffee, uh, coffee is a zapper. Coffee is an energy zapper. So all that caffeine going into your body makes you produce cortisol. To de- I mean, it's a stress, which is a stress hormone, and it just... It, it takes you up this big spike, and then there's this big crash to deal with all this extra. I feel like, okay, you can tap your mic now. I feel like I'm not explaining that very Oh, no, um, that totally makes sense. And then think about whenever you add sugar into it. I mean, I personally don't add sugar to my coffee. I don't like sweet coffee. But, I mean, think about yeah, you know, those, those, <laughs> those drinks. You know, now you have the sugar and you have the caffeine. I mean, that's just, that's double whammy. So... I think that's really important. You're taking your body on a roller coaster, and it has to compensate. Your adrenals have to pump out the right hormones to compensate for this roller coaster that you're producing by the sugar, by the caffeine, and it goes up and down, up and down, and you get fatigued. It wears out the system. That's interesting. And it doesn't want to do its job anymore. Yeah. So we're going to take one real quick break. And whenever we come back, I want us to talk about adrenal, a little more about adrenals. And like I said, I'm going to link um, in the show notes, I'm going to link the last discussion we had about adrenals because it's just, it would take us a whole other hour to talk about that. But there's a couple more things that I want to touch on before we move on to the nutritional changes that you've made to support your training and to support your life. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. 
So you are listening to the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program with Stephanie Keenan. And tonight we have our guest, April Riegert. She's a holistic nutritionist, also an endurance athlete, and is sharing tonight with all of the things that she's been changing in her own personal training to really support her adrenals, to support her uh, her hormone levels in her body. Uh, because doing those endurance sports really does take a lot out of you. And it's not just a mental thing. It's, it's draining your body physically. So it's all about putting out the effort and then repairing and recovering. And um, we're going to talk about some nutritional stuff in just a second. But I want to go back to the adrenals just a little bit and how overtraining can really stress the adrenals and how over dieting too. So, um, cause I see that a lot with, with clients and just people in general over exercising and under eating, um, you know, in that combination to maybe try to, I call it chasing skinny. Um, so if we could just talk a little more about adrenal function with, um, with that in mind that, um, I think that would be really, really interesting to the listeners. Okay. Um, well, the main purpose of your adrenals is uh, to enable your body to deal with stress. So that's injury, it's from, the, from working out, it's from stress of life, everything. Um, they determine the energy of your body's responses to every change in your environment. So it's that they produce that fight or flight hormone. I totally lost what I was Oh, no, actually, I think that's perfect because what you were just saying about stress and injury in your body from exercise, a lot of people may be thinking, oh, that's like, you know, it's maybe hurting your knee or tearing something, pulling something. What people don't realize, I think, a lot of times is that exercise is injuring your body on such a very small level. You're causing all of these micro tears in your muscles, and then you actually, you never get strong in the weight room or on the track, or you don't get strong while you're doing your exercises. What you're doing is you're tearing your body down just enough. That's why you want to have, you want to push yourself beyond your limits, but not too far. So you tear your body down just a little bit, and then whenever you're recovering, you are building back up and you're building stronger. So just think about like if you get cut and that scar tissue builds around that. Well, that's basically what your muscles are doing. You're tearing them down just a tiny bit. And when they rebuild, they're rebuilding even stronger. And so that's the really important part with having rest. Now, if you're stressing your adrenals to the max, they're not able to help you recover. And if you're over dieting, you're depleting yourself of nutritional uh, or nutrients, which are building blocks to to build yourself back up. So uh, that's why I think this is just such an important topic. Um, that was actually where I was going with the adrenals and being linked to some of that long, um, the, the endurance sports or any sports really. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to the nutritional piece of everything and maybe share a little bit of how you were eating, h- how you changed and why you changed it. Okay. Um, right. So, Well, the biggest consideration in my diet change was the running at first. Um, And like we were just talking about the adrenals, the adrenals also help deal with inflammation. Um, They're responsible for minimizing inflammation that occurs in your body. And that's a really big thing, too. 
um, is the inflammation. So, and that leads you, so not only do you want to protect your adrenal function to help deal with inflammation, but you want to look at inflammation through your diet too. Um, so I was looking at that anyway, and I've mostly, from my background, I've never, I haven't eaten like red meat or pork or anything like that in, I would say, 26 years. And I still can't, I just, that's a whole other thing. I just, I just can't eat a mammal. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've eaten, you know, chicken and turkey and fish for a long time. But I mostly had a, like, a macrobiotic approach to my diet. So like you, I was eating lots of brown rice, beans, um, buckwheat, things like that. Um, and a little wheat, too, which I'll get back to in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, and it always seemed to serve me well. I always usually felt pretty great. Um, I didn't get sick too much. Um, maybe the, I, I've just recently switched to running full marathons. Before that, I was running half. And there actually is a big difference between 13 and 26. So oh, yeah. maybe that's what pushed me <laughs> over the edge at the beginning of this year. Um, but in January, I got sick, really sick. I mean, like more than a cold, uh, I had ear infection, I had swollen tonsils, sore throat, I was exhausted, just wasn't bouncing back, and I stayed sick for two weeks, and then I started to feel a little better, and I thought, okay, that was weird, and then I got sick again a week later, and it, and then I got a little better after two weeks, I'd stay sick for two weeks, and this went on until May. Oh, wow. I would be just down, fever, lymph nodes, sore throat, uh, running nose, all of it, just not well. And so I, and I'm not, I don't love Western medicine. I did go see a doctor a couple of times and they just don't look into um, what's going on with your body. They don't look in, it's not like when you go see a doctor with, uh, swollen lymph nodes and ear infection is not like they say, okay, let's look at your history and look at your lifestyle and your activity level and your diet. I mean, they don't do that. They no, say, they you're an antibiotics. antibiotics. <laughs> if you don't get better, come back. We'll give you another antibiotic. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Which you're killing uh, your, uh, your good gut bacteria at that point too, which is a whole other topic. <laughs> yeah. We'll probably get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will. But, I strongly, strongly avoid antibiotics. I like to go the natural route when it comes to antibiotics. Um, I take an assault of natural um, in a, natural foods that have antibiotic properties. I go for the garlic, and I get it in capsule form because you can't, I mean, I've read all this stuff you can do, like you can cut the garlic in half and just swallow it whole, and or you can make that, there's uh, like the master tonic. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. But um, uh, just knowing how the garlic smells and how it seeps out of my pores, I can't imagine like putting it anybody through gross. that. <laughs> I mean, you soak garlic and cabbage and ginger in apple cider vinegar. You ferment it for like a week, and then you're supposed to strain out the solids and drink that. And I think that's oh, wow. how you will not get sick. If you drink that, no one will come near you. Right? <laughs> not even <laughs> the germs. Anything. I, I don't. <laughs> It sounds awesome, this master tonic, but I don't think I want to drink fermented garlic juice. Oh, my gosh, no. <laughs> no. So I buy the Tyolic garlic capsules. It's a nice concentrated dose of garlic, which has heart-healthy properties, too. So that's nice. 
Um, I do garlic. I do oil of oregano, um, colloidal silver. Uh, I think that, oh, and I'll take turmeric too because turmeric helps with uh, inflammation and I love to take turmeric after I run. Um, so I do that. I try to stick to the herbal stuff. But in the beginning of this year, it just wasn't helping me. And uh, the doctors weren't helping me. In fact, one of them, now I can't remember the name, but the one doctor prescribed me an antibiotic that when I started looking it up, it was so dangerous. It was like the most dangerous antibiotic out there, and it can cause torn tendons. Wow. And I said, come on. Oh, I remember now that I don't remember the name of the drug, but there's a support group for people that call themselves floxies. Oh, because it's a fluoroquinolone antibiotic. It's it's bound to a fluoride molecule. That's crazy. I'm like, this yeah. affects your pituitary, all of it. So I oh wasn't gosh. into that. I'm like, I have to figure out what's wrong, and I have to figure out how to get better because this is crazy. I've been sick for almost five months. And, you know, yeah. obviously that, that alone stresses your adrenals because your adrenals are trying to help, you know, fight the inflammation and help keep your energy and your stress and everything in check. Um, so that's when I found, um, I started feeling like it was, obviously it was autoimmune symptoms. So my immune system was out of whack. So that was like triggering my thoughts. Okay, I'm having an autoimmune response here because I'm just not getting better. Um, and then uh, I'm losing my place again. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, so so we were talking about how you ended up changing it. And so you mm-hmm. you mentioned to me something about I changed my grains, right? So something yeah. happened in there. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I started looking at the autoimmune response that I was having. And uh, that's when I found... Um, Paleo, and I never liked that word before. Every time I heard paleo, 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 I was like, oh, God, another fad diet, you know. I just, I don't like diet. Oh, I know. I, I do the same I thing. Don't, <laughs> I don't like restriction at all because psychologically the restriction is not good, and I also feel like restriction in your food intake is just not very sustainable. Yeah. So, yeah, when I heard, when I came across paleo, I was like, God. I don't know, but let me read about this because I came across the paleo approach, which is about dealing with autoimmune disease. And I was definitely seeing that I was starting to have some autoimmune issues. I felt I saw uh, thyroid symptoms in myself. My hair was falling out a lot, and that was really alarming. I mean, just so much hair was being lost, and then with sluggish thyroid, being tired, not losing weight. You know, so I was looking at all that. I'm like, all right, I think I'm dealing with autoimmune issues. And then I learned when I started reading about that, um, that autoimmunity is largely genetic. It's about one-third genetic. It's one-third lifestyle and it's one-third diet. But it's one-third genetic. And that was a light bulb moment for me because I realized my entire family is affected by an autoimmune disease. It's just that the trick with autoimmune diseases is they're not really, there's no autoimmune specialist in this country right now because it's not looked at, I mean, cancer is looked at as an umbrella disease because under cancer you have lymphoma, you have leukemia, you have breast cancer, you have, prost- you have all the different things. No one treats the 
myriad of diseases that are autoimmune disorders as an autoimmune disorder. They wait until a person is really sick and it's affecting one specific organ system. So then they go to that specific doctor that treats that specific organ system and it's dealt with like that. And often if you're just in the early stages of dealing with autoimmunity, you, I mean, you're even labeled as a hypochondriac, a complainer. I mean, you keep if you find yourself, you keep going to doctors with these weird, vague symptoms, you might want to start looking at autoimmunity. That's um, interesting. And that's so, what, like that's last what week, we interviewed somebody that was talking about gluten uh, gluten problems. And yeah, that's what her dog, I mean, they told her, no, you're fine. You're fine. So that's interesting. That and and you know that's one of the things that she said too is that you, it may present itself as eczema or psoriasis or something like that, and you go to the dermatologist. But even at that point, the dermatologist doesn't necessarily look at it as an overall. So wow. So lucky that you are a holistic nutritionist and know that a lot of this stuff is linked to your diet. Yes, I do feel lucky about that. Wow. And yeah, and like you're saying, so let's. Psoriasis is something that is a symptom of autoimmunity, but you go to a dermatologist, they give you a topical cream, you go home, and you haven't eliminated what's the problem. You haven't eliminated how you're getting to this. Um, Yeah, so I started looking at autoimmunity, and the genetic component was there for me. My uncle died with ALS. I mean, everyone's seen the ice bucket challenge that was happening on Facebook. Wow, my uncle died from that. Um, And that is falling under the blanket of autoimmunity. I have a cousin with lupus. Um, My mom has thyroid disease. My grandma had fibromyalgia. My aunt has diverticulitis. All these weird things that are manageable but awful, well, except for the ALS. Um, But then it just clicked. I was like, they're all autoimmune diseases. Every single person close to me has an autoimmune disease. And here I am, and it's starting. And I thought, no way. Okay, so I started reading about autoimmune diets. And they were largely paleo diets with an added bonus of removing um, nuts and eggs, too. So interesting. So that's that's really, really interesting. Really hard. <laughs> yeah, that is hard. I guess let's talk about that for just a second. I'm totally picking up on this because, I mean, I learn something from my guests every time. That's why I interview you guys. Um, <laughs> because when people ask me about paleo, I I think I, I typically eat semi semi paleo I don't do a ton I mean I, I really I don't do a ton of grains but I'm not like celiacs where I can't have that stuff um I typically you know I I yeah it's mostly green vegetables and proteins for me but I do eat the eggs I do have nuts um and I've also had some people come to me where they're so hardcore paleo that they don't have any fruit involved in their diets at all things like that mm-hmm. so can you maybe just talk about that a little bit like the different vary the varying degrees and why somebody somebody would choose to do uh, one over the other okay um well i i personally don't like anyone being strict because um i did go to my doctor eventually uh she's an integrative medicine and She's German, so I know since she studied in Germany, she's coming from a a place where they typically go to holistic methods before they go to medicine. And I had a lot of blood work done. It sounds like I'm getting off track, but I will come back. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, but, 
And I actually through my blood work, and I recommend everyone get blood work and get a full food allergy panel. I mean, because this could be life-changing for you. I found out I'm gluten, and I'm allergic to wheat and gluten, and I never, ever thought I was. Never. I thought, boy, that's really a thing that's taken off this whole gluten thing, but... Yeah, some marketing strategy or something. It's not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's taken off because it's real. Yeah. Um, research is catching up, you know, to people and their problems. And it's been researched now. There's a lot of research out on it. So people are getting more in tune. They're getting tested and they're finding out they are. So more people are able to say, I'm gluten intolerant, which is different than celiac disease. Um, but now I am getting off track. Um, so I, I don't think people should be strict because as my doctor said, who I respect a lot, um, she said to me, you know, the people, she's I've been doing this for 40 years, the people that I see that are the healthiest are the ones that don't go any one way too strictly. They maintain some level of balance. And I thought, you know, that's really right. She did a full uh, nutrition evaluation on me. Uh, is called like Nutri-Eval or something. I went off my supplements for three weeks, all supplements. I just ate food and did whatever. And then they did like a full blood and urine analysis. And I mean, she was like, this is now, this is current. This is not earlier than the year when I was sick. Okay. I'll bridge that gap later. I'm feeling really healthy now. And according to her, I'm like a poster child for health. That made me really happy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Especially said, since oh she's my been God, suffering you know, so If I could much. give you a gold star, like if I gave gold stars to my patients, I'd give you, she was just raving. She said, you see these categories here? It, it has um, a red, yellow, and green boxes, and that's where it would list your nutrient levels of, you know, things that you need in your body. Yeah. She said, most people's results are in the red and the yellow. The red means you're totally deficient. Yellow means you need some help. Green means you're good. She's like, look at your chart. Everything's on the green side. You know, like, well, I'm excited too. That's Except awesome. the one thing I noticed was that my triglycerides were a little up. They weren't in a bad zone, but they were up since I had switched to paleo. Okay. Just something to note, and my cholesterol was up, which may or may not be a bad thing. There's some research saying, forget cholesterol. You want it to go up, just forget about it. Um, but So that's a little bit of a gray area right now. Actually, some- yeah, I will, I will talk about that just a tiny bit because I did read some studies on that, and what they were saying is that cholesterol's job is really to protect the walls of the arteries. And so mm-hmm. if you have a lot of inflammation, you're going to have some buildup there because it's doing its job. So when you take out the inflammation and, and you know the inflammatory things that you're doing to your body, there's no reason for it to build up. So you're right. That's I've I've read that same thing recently. Mhm. Right. But I did notice those small changes and it's because I for after I discovered the autoimmune paleo approach for healing autoimmune disease through um, a version of the paleo diet, I did it strictly for 1 month which was honestly all I could stand for right now. I think I'll revisit it. But it seemed to hurdle me over the hump of being sick because I was sick up until May, and then I did a solid month of the autoimmune paleo approach, which is paleo, so that means no uh, grains, no beans, um, what else? I think that's it. So you're eating vegetables and protein and fats, basically. Yep. Um, but the autoimmune approach to paleo removes uh, 
eggs and nuts, which is hard, really hard if you're eating paleo because nuts, I mean, that's a great go-to if you're hungry and you need protein and fat. I mean, nuts, right? That's one of the first things that comes to mind. So yeah. I had to remove that. I definitely, I'm a, I'm a go in the kitchen and grab some things out of the fridge and cook kind of person, but I definitely bought cookbooks to get me through that. Um, and it was hard just emotionally because I felt restricted and I just felt like, what am I going to eat today? Oh God, all day I have to think about what to eat and have to be prepared. But at That's the end of it, I can say you do get used to anything that you need to do. I mean, yeah. it takes an adjustment period, but I got used to it. And now, I mean, I've been feeling great. I've been, I'm you... up to 20 miles in my training runs and I'm not being I'm not sick, you know, yeah, I'm feeling really energetic and great. And I, that's, I've switched to the predominantly like a fat consumption when yeah. I'm running, which, uh, oh, this is another rabbit hole, Stephanie, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, I, I, I think that is really, really interesting. And then I'm sure some of the listeners can identify with this, especially anybody who's tried paleo or, or any change that you, you make, any Anything that you're doing to make you feel better, it is so much easier to stick with that when you know that you're just going to feel better doing it. I mean, I have this bratty inner child. If you tell me I can't have something or do something, I want it 10 times more. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah, you're just, yeah, but if you're doing it and you're feeling good, well, why wouldn't you keep doing it? And, and you know, that people do fall back on um, into old habits and uh, what is that? Regression is part of, of mm. the change process. But when you have really identified those changes that are making you feel so good, it's so much easier to, to be compliant versus just feeling like you obligated to, to have to do it. So we're going to go ahead and take another quick break, and then we're going to come back with April for the last segment of our show. And um, I can't wait to, to wrap up this show with, with telling you guys how you can have um, some coaching services done by April. She offers a lot of uh, in-person. You can do it on the phone. As you can see, just talking to her right now, there are so many exchanges that can go just via the phone. So we'll be right back. Stops Chasing Skinny radio program. We have April Regert, holistic nutritionist here. April and I, um, we're talking about some different different training methods, some different considerations when it comes to training for some endurance events. This is near and dear to my heart personally right now. I'm actually getting ready to compete in a 12 plus mile Spartan race coming up. And oh my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's not just your... It's, it's not just your typical half marathon either um, because there are 26 plus obstacles during this race. So finding a really good way for me to train for this without um, compromising my immune system has been very important. And then I think we probably have a lot of listeners right now who have experienced a lot of um, 
these same these same issues from from the beginning of having disordered eating or an eating disorder to thinking that cardio is the way um, even if you don't think cardio is the way a lot of times it's very meditative men- mentally so you just you get into that mentally but then you know maybe it's not serving your body um, and then you know, just tr- kind of figuring out what works for you what doesn't work for you as far as nutrition goes and if you want to take a listen to last week's show we interviewed Megan and she talked about how she has celiac disease and her whole journey to find that so I think this is excellent timing to talk to April because even if you don't have celiac disease which I mean that's it's kind of black and white at some point it is black and white you are at the doctors April was was really experiencing what could have been just uh, signed off as oh it's just a really bad flu season or something like that so it's really great talking to her because she is helping us to understand some of the different warning signs that aren't, maybe they're not huge red flags. Maybe they're just little, little, you know, like just a little, just a little blinking red light. So um, thank you, April, for sharing all of this information with us. And um, so I want to talk a little bit more about some of the nutritional stuff that you've discovered Um I love that you went paleo and you stuck with your your one month of really figuring out what was going on with you. And now you're living more of a balanced lifestyle. And obviously some things are cut out because they're really not good for you there's also alternatives to what you can what you you know what you've replaced some things with so maybe go ahead and share a couple things of um what you've replaced in your nutrition those those kinds of changes and then I would love for you to talk about your coaching services okay absolutely um well when you're an endurance athlete uh most endurance athletes are familiar with like goo gel and you know, like eating the sugar packets when you're out running or out doing a triathlon or do they use those during the Spartan races too, I would yes, imagine. Yes, I did. I, I, did. I tried to find ones that were pack. natural and honey. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried to find ones that were natural and honey-based. So Yeah. But I love Yeah, I always thing. use those too. I use the organic honey ones. Um, oh, but I hated it. I just, every time I would be out, on a four-hour run, I would just have my little fanny pack thing stuffed with those. It was organic honey, but it was still sugar, you know? And yeah. I just thought, this can't be good. I know every everything I read is telling me, but you need the quick carbs for energy when you're out on this endurance run. Oh, I must, okay, I'll just keep doing it, but it can't be good to keep spiking my sugar. I mean, yeah. sugar you- is what drives inflammation and sugar is what makes you fat not fat yeah and and actually could you talk really quickly too about um, your different energy sources so whenever your body goes into burning um, you're burning glucose or glycogen glucose um, versus whenever you switch over to, to burning fat as your main fuel source right fat is fat is actually what our body likes to burn for energy um, but we've gotten into, somehow we've fallen into thinking that we have to rely on carbohydrates. Any carbohydrate is turning into sugar in your body. So whether I eat a spoonful of sugar or a candy bar or a sandwich made with whole wheat bread, it's still going into my body as sugar and excess sugar gets stored as fat. And also carbs are quick energy, which is I mean, the logic behind people saying, well, you need to use carbs when you're out doing an endurance sport because you need the quick energy. 
I guess I've found that not to be true because I've switched to fat. I, I don't know if I'm in a ketogenic state because I think it takes a lot to actually be in ketosis. Right. Um, but I really have removed, a, I, would, I would say I'm in a low to moderate carb consumption level now um, and not relying on the sugar. When you are constantly eating carbs, I mean, most Americans wake up and they eat cereal and they have orange juice or they have muffins. Uh, bananas, milk. donuts. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what people eat <laughs> anymore. It's true though. That's the typical. Yeah, and you then, have. Yeah, and then they have a sandwich for lunch mm-hmm. uh, or pasta, and then they have some sort of snack, and it might be chips or you know something sugar-free yogurt. <laughs> and then they have dinner, and maybe there's some more pasta there or bread or something. And I don't think people are thinking about it. And th- boy, when I did the month of the autoimmune paleo. I really realized, and I never even ate that many carbs or much bread, but I still, it really highlighted to me how often we grab grain for fuel. Yeah. And we just, out, without even thinking about it, oh, I'm hungry, let me grab a few pretzels. Yeah. You don't even think about it, but if you do a diet change like that, which is just temporary to, you know, make a change in your life, you really see, oh my God, how many times you reach carbs, and it's crazy. So every time you eat a carb and, you know, you're doing the glycogen thing, your body is, so your pancreas is like, okay, sugar, we got to do something with this. We have to break it down. It's usually excess sugar there because not everyone is running four hours every day or, you know, lifting all day, every day, whatever. So you're going to, if you eat that many carbs throughout the day, you're having excess sugar. So your pancreas is like, okay, I need a delivery vehicle to get the sugar into the body cells, so that's the insulin, so it starts pumping out insulin. What happens is when you're constantly having an insulin response all day long, and this happens too with the six meals. I know I've told you before I'm like really against six meals, uh, three meals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I've even read more stuff but, about intermittent fasting, which is interesting. That's I, that's why I love talking to you because there are so many different oppor- opportunities. Yeah, there are opportunities out there. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. So. Um, so now, right, with so, on your run, me, you use coconut butter, right? Yes, yeah, switch to fat. I don't want the constant insulin. You become insulin resistant. This is how diabetes starts or just general inflammation and disease. And and when there is excess sugar, you store it as fat. So, yeah, so when I'm out, I was thinking all this and I'm out running and I was actually influenced. I found this athlete um, that I follow and I kind of love him. His name's Ben Greenfield. He's actually a Spartan race guy, and I. That's funny. Somebody just sent me one of his articles this morning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just saw he was at the same one that your uh, boyfriend was at. Yep, the one in Vermont. Yes. Um. So he talks a lot about fueling, and he one of his podcasts was where he talked about how he uses fat when he's out running. And I thought, you don't have to sell me. I hate downing all this honey sugar when I'm out there because all I think about is these insulin spikes and I don't want insulin resistance and I don't like consuming all this sugar. So I'm like, I mean, it's like the only sugar I eat in a day would be these stupid packs. So I'm like, you don't have to sell me, dude. I'm out. I'm on it. So So, now I I probably on a long run consume about 100 grams of fat 
and I'm not fat. I just want to tell people. <laughs> no, so does it I mean, does it count if I use I the people, coconut butter that has chocolate in it? Is that okay? What's that? Can I use the the coconut butter that has chocolate in it? I that's the only one I can find in the packet that Artisana with the raw chocolate. I don't prefer it because I'm very sensitive to caffeine. Ah, uh, okay. And I and I don't like to use caffeine like we were talking about adrenal fatigue. Caffeine stimulates your adrenals and overstimulates them. So you're going to, then I'm fighting with the cortisol thing again. I don't use too much of it, probably one or two packs of that, and then I intersperse it with just nut butters. Okay. Um, I probably have maybe 100 grams of fat when I'm out on a long run and maybe like 40 grams of protein. And that's it, and I've been feeling great. I have not, you know, everyone scares you. Like, if you don't do the sugar, you're going to, you know, bonk. It's called bonking when you just hit that wall and you're like, can't go anymore. Yeah. It doesn't happen. I feel great. Oh, that's great. I'm going to try that. Um, We have a couple long runs that we're going to do leading up to the the next, that 12-plus mile um, Spartan race. And one thing that I, I will tell anybody don't change your your race day nutrition on race day um try it before you get there (laughs) that's just bad news (laughs) that's why you hear the horror stories and you see the long line at the porta potty exactly (laughs) yeah you don't want to add any of that (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh try it first it does take a little adjusting at first I had a little trouble, you know, uh, blood is shunted away from your stomach when you're in, in training mode or running mode, whatever. Um, so at first it was a little heavy for me on my stomach and I would have to like just walk it off a little bit, you know? Um, but now I'm just completely used to it and it seems, I mean, I've been feeling great and I don't feel, I used to get just kind of down after I'd run, like a little, like my mood would go down and my temperature would go down. I'd be cold and I would get sick easily and haven't been having that. That's fantastic. Well, I want to go ahead and have you talk about your coaching services that you offer, how people can reach you. Um, You know, obviously this is, this shows your, your, awesome background I think listeners um, you know this is this is great because I do offer a online training service which April touched on but I offer 12 weeks it's a it's a challenge so it's 12 weeks long and you get your monthly weight training you get your weekly high intensity interval training I have a meal guide um, I don't do the one-on-one coaching services for nutrition like April does April is somebody I refer people out to if you need that one-on-one stuff um, and then I also offer a private Facebook group where I do small group coaching which is what April was talking about for the support in the group so I primarily focus on the training piece I know that nutrition is the really, really big, at least 80% of any kind of um, performance-based sport that you're doing or lifestyle change that you're making or just living a healthy life in general. Um, So having somebody like April to refer people to has been really great. Um, So April, if you could share a little bit more about your coaching services, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, I work with people that are just um, wanting to take back their health. I mean, for whatever reason, maybe they are feeling tired. Maybe they're thinking, Hey, I rely on coffee too much to get me through the day. There's gotta be a better way. Or I want to lose weight. 
uh, maybe I'm not eating right, anything like that, that you want support and coaching um, to make that change. Because actually it really is, you know, like I was saying, your support helped me learn that, yes, I can lift weights at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, getting a little support and a little push is often just what people need to get them to make a change. It's hard to encourage yourself all the time to make changes. Sometimes you need someone saying, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Do this. Okay. And then you feel like, I don't know, you have, someone gave you permission to go do that. <laughs> so, so I work true. with people um, either in a three-month or a six-month program. We talk uh, twice a month, so every other week uh, for an hour-long session. We can do Skype. We can do it on the phone. Or if they are in the Philadelphia area, we can meet somewhere and we go over their whole background, um, even like uh, medical history, family history. I like to learn what people have been eating and then I want to learn what their what their concerns are with their health, you know, what they're trying to change or address. Um, and then we move forward from there. We work on an individual plan. I really am into this idea of bio-individuality. I'm not going to push uh, paleo on anybody. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about the grain thing, but as you know, I was big on soaking grains at first to remove the anti-nutrients, and now I'm just into not eating too many grains. So this was my journey, and I know that, and I don't push that on anyone. If someone comes to me and they're eating, you know, french fries and burgers from McDonald's every day, I don't say, okay, strip that away, you're going to do this, you're going to paleo. I mean, I, yeah. I don't alarm anyone in that way. It's about taking them from where they are and working on a path to where they need to go. And it's individual and it's um, gradual. It's not like, hey, don't do, I mean, it's not just taking away all your comforts, you know, Right away. And that's what I love about your coaching style. And that's why I like referring people to you because that's my that's my philosophy too. start where you are and then work to where you want to go. Because if you try to make too many changes, um, then it's just it's too hard. It's not it's not even authentic to you. So I have seen some you know, um, nutritionists where they'll just, they like to give out plans. And I don't think anybody works with just a plan. I think you do have to work from where you are and then move forward. So I love that you it will take a look. It has to make sense to you. It's not sustainable to have, at least not for everyone. I mean, I went kind of hardcore. For me, stripping away the donuts was like really hard, but hey, <laughs> I'm allergic to gluten and wheat, so I can't have them anymore. But not everyone has to, it doesn't have to be harsh. I don't think plans, like do this, I don't think that's sustainable. And I don't think it's fun. I think when you're not having any fun and you're feeling tortured, you're just not going to have success. Yeah. So that's my approach. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then your website address, we're going to put those that in the show notes too, but could you go ahead and say it for us? Sure. You can go to alphadeltaromeo.com or you can type in com. I'm sorry. I've been saying Riegert. It's Riegert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. So um, thank you so much for talking with us today. I really, I am going to have another show with you whenever we can fit it into schedules because I know you're really, really busy. I do want to talk a little bit more um, about some of the other things that we, we kind of touched on here. So we will have another show coming up in the future sometime. But I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. I hope our listeners have learned some things from you. I know I have. I always do. Um, and you know, I hope, I hope some, um, who are ready to make a change do reach out to you because I have, I have people who reach out to me a lot for this kind of coaching service and I don't provide it. So it's really great to have somebody in my network that I trust and that I can refer people to. And you can do it from anywhere, just like me, where, you know, if you have a downloadable program where you can do Skype, you can talk on the phone, um, that kind of thing. So thank you so much (laughs) and good luck in your race at the Marine Corps marathon right yes a few more weeks (laughs) awesome good luck thank you thank you so much thank you for your accolades i enjoyed talking to you it was great thanks and thank you for listening tonight to the stop chasing skinny radio program Uh, i hope you learned so much from april i know i did i always do and you can find more information in the show notes below and i hope you have a great evening